What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Full Draw Friday. This one is episode number 15. Today, Nate's in here. We're going to talk about the second part of the hinge cutting that I had talked about previously on episode number 14. So if you want to go back and listen to that, I talked about kind of sometimes that you might want to utilize hinge cuts and when they're beneficial, when they're really not. This week, we're going to talk more about how to do it. And Nate's going to talk a little bit about the project he's got going for it. We did talk a little bit on Monday about that, but I wanted to wait and get more in-depth today because I wanted to finish up. This would be part two of the hinge-cutting episodes. Not really a series, but there are only two parts. But anyway, that's what we're going to talk about it, and then we'll get into the weekend. So here we go. All right, hinge cutting one on one with Nate Burgess. Oh man! <laughs> no, we're like I said, we'll talk about kind of some ways how to do it. Again, if you missed the last episode where I talked about when to do it, go back and listen to that one first. It was episode number uh, thirteen of Full Draw Friday. 14, 13. I just said it in the intro and I forgot. Go back and listen to the intro. That was the right one. So now we'll talk about how to do it. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about how to do it, just like there are when to do it. It seems to be like a lot of guys answer for everything when it comes to cover and bedding and all that. It also seems like guys say you have to do it absolutely a certain way or it won't work. Or you, if you just cut the tree all the way down then you've messed up or all kinds of different stuff. So we'll get into that. First off, again, we talked about it a little bit on Monday's episode, but you're doing this in the middle, kind of middle of a set of timber or patch of timber that mm-hmm. you've got there up at your place. Yeah. And you're doing this, you're trying to make a bedding area. Yeah. Like that is your, uh, the reason you're doing it. Yes. Yep. Which uh-huh. is one of the reasons that we cover, I'd covered on the last hinge cutting episode. Yep, um, trying to improve bedding. Uh, the way the woods is now, they're not. They don't lay in there very much. They really don't. It's too open. Um, on the west end of the woods, it's a triangle patch of woods, seven acres. Uh, the east end of the woods is really open, big mature trees, uh, mainly white oaks over there, and some hickories. Um, the west end of the woods are junkier trees, um, smaller trees, less mature trees, uh, but it rolls over there. There's two main. Uh, well, I suppose the the creek is the main draw. There's one well-defined draw running down toward it uh, that runs up the edge of the woods and then toward the middle of the woods with two fingers that come off of it. Uh, that makes two ridges over there. Um, and then, uh, then the whole south edge is a ridge, but I'm not going to do anything with it. Uh, so the ridges over there is where I want to focus. Um, the, the tops and then the sides of those ridges is where I want to focus. I think that would be the uh, the best place for where they would want to bed over there. I got to make that thicker, so that's why I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. And I know you've been talking to some guys about doing it and all that. Uh, so ways you're going to go about it. One thing that I'll kind of explain off the top: if you guys don't know what we're talking about about hinge cutting, but essentially what we mean is you're going to pick a tree that you want to fall, and you want to keep it somewhat alive. And you're doing this, in Nate's case, to add cover for bedding. And it also has a little bit of browse from the leaves that the deer are going to eat off of it and the ends of the twigs and stuff. So the idea is you cut 
through the tree far enough where you can shove it over or it falls on its own, but it doesn't break all the way. It leaves a little bit of the trunk. That way it can still get nutrients and water from the soil so it can grow leaves. Generally, they'll grow vertically out of the trunk on the top side, depending on, especially depending on your sunlight and all that. And then that'll give you some extra cover. That tree will live for three, four, five years, depending on situation in the tree. And then you've got cover and a little bit of browse just by cutting down a tree part of the way. It doesn't always work. Sometimes the trees go ahead and snap off, so you're going to have that occasionally. We'll talk about some ways to avoid that maybe. And But when it does work, it can create not instant bedding, but about as close as you can get to it. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're talking about as far as, as what you're looking trying to do. So you were saying some of these trees are, are pretty good size. Yeah. Now you can get to a point where they're too big to even worry about hinge cutting. Mm-hmm. We, matter of fact, we went to a property one time. A guy had asked if we could hinge cut some trees for him. I said, well, we'll come look at them. You just never know. And these were like 70 foot tall trees. Yeah. I mean, 60. And I was like, yeah, if you want these out, just, you're just we gonna... didn't bring a log skitter. Exactly. You just have to cut them down because yeah. there's no there's no point. There's no way you're going to hinge these trees. Yeah. You know, so they're just too heavy. Mm-hmm. At some point, the tree gets too big and too heavy to, to remain intact. Once you cut it and fall, it's going to twist off and break. And it, at some point, it becomes too dangerous. Yep. Especially for me to want to mess with yeah. when you're talking about hinging trees. Yeah. But there is... In the right situation, when you have the right size trees, it can be done. So you're looking at some kind of on the bigger side, but... I think this is as big as I'd want to even try mm-hmm. uh, to hinge. And I, I bet a lot of them won't work. I, yeah. I bet they just break. And you've already come to terms with that. Yeah. Which is not the worst thing in the world, because if you do do that and they break, or you just have to cut them all the way down, you're still bringing opening up that canopy. That is the goal. Which is going to allow sunlight to hit the forest floor mm-hmm. and grow whatever's growing there. Correct. And it's also going to allow sunlight in to hit the hinge trees that you've had Correct. that you've already hinged. Yeah. Because we did talk about it on Monday's episode where you did before your canopy closed up on you quite a bit. Yes. Shortly after you hinge cut those. Yes. And the trees that you hinge cut probably weren't getting enough sunlight either. No. Um, I've done this once before in there. Uh, one little spot uh, back, I want to say it was like eight years ago. Um, I did some hinging in there, me and another guy. Um, we probably cut 15 trees, um, over, uh, oh, and they weren't very big trees. Like we left the bigger trees alone cause we didn't want to mess with them. We was too scared of them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh, we did not get enough. Uh, it, it did okay, but we didn't, the canopy closed right back in, in like three years. Yeah. All, all those trees died. There's a couple of those trees that are still living. They're the ones that are on the smaller side, you know, like as big as a volleyball coming out of the ground. Um, and they have grown the the vertical limbs, mm-hmm. you know, off the top side of the log, exactly how you want. But most of those trees that we hinge are just dead. Um, they died after like two years. Yeah. Um, some of them never even, you know, some of them we killed them that day. Right. Um, it just, it didn't work. Uh, but anyway, um, a lot of what I've got uh, are black oaks and red oaks in there, uh, mainly black oaks. Um, some of them are probably 20 inches through, you know. They're they're on the big side. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to try hinging them. If they, if it works, it works. Um, if it don't, it don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, my plan, no matter what, is to fall them into a pile. Uh, try to make somewhat of piles in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I talked to an old Indian guy here, uh, a local that kills a lot of big deer, <laughs> um, and uh, he has done a whole lot of hinge cutting. 
and he said his recommendation would try to be, you know, somewhat uh, uh, try to get them to all fall into a pile if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, and I definitely want to try to keep uh, – I don't want my piles to overlap. I'd like to have a definite, you know, uh, way for them to get uh, around. I don't mm-hmm. want to make just a big nasty thicket, you know. Um, I want I want a, a thick area, but I want some definite paths in there for them to be able to move around through this mess that I make. Yep. I t- I can't remember how much I talked about that last week, but I, I know I did mention it. I know it was in the article. I think one thing a lot of guys get in trouble with is they will hinge. Maybe it's not that they hinge too many trees, but they just kind of let them fall wherever, mm-hmm. and they don't really have a plan going into it. They're just going and cutting down trees, and they end up with this big jumbled up mess with no way for the deer to move around in it. So they're either not going to use it, or when they do use it, you're going to lose some fawns to some predators because they have nowhere to go because mm-hmm. they, they can't traverse the crap that you've laid on the ground in front yeah. of them. I'd like this to not look like a big pile of toothpicks when I'm done. Right, exactly. Um, I would like there be to be some organization to it. The way the trees are leaning, I mean, these guys are big enough. They're going to do what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to have too much control over it. Uh, but I've went in there and I've looked at the ones that I'm going to cut. Uh, I think I can do about four areas mm-hmm. over a three, probably a three-acre um, patch. Mm-hmm. I think I can do about four areas in there and try to try to make these piles. Um, and I'm going to go from there. I'll see what it does. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think I can do this reasonably. Um, and if they if they don't hinge, they don't hinge. I mean, these are hardwoods I'm messing with. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's not that's not what you're. Right. Uh, it, you wouldn't expect them it's to hinge. It's not the most ideal. No. No, if you get like, uh, oh, I think they say red maples around here is like some of the best, you know, mm-hmm. because they are they are soft. They are going to flex for you. Yep. Um, and I think that's really good browse for deer. And the deer well. will eat the crap out of them. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Too uh, bad I don't have any of those. Yeah. So that's actually one of the things that occasionally we'll recommend in a bedding area or with hinge cutting. Another thing is uh, cedar trees. Mm-hmm. But with the maples, you can go in and plant those four brows as well to add to what you've added already and then that'll give them just some more and it provides woody brows now this time of year but they'll eat the leaves off them as well and they'll generally keep them pretty short if you don't have a ton of them in there Mm -hmm. the other thing that you can do is if you're wanting to add cedars for cover and let's say you open all this up and you didn't get as many hinges as you wanted so you got to do something else for cover like if a majority of them just snapped off and broke so now you're just going to have it's just going to be dead and eventually it's just going to grow up in briars and all that and be too thick to mess with. What you can do is use the treetops as kind of cages mm-hmm. and put cedar trees in them. Mm-hmm. And then eventually those treetops will die out away from the cedars. They'll also keep the deer off of them from rubbing them up and yeah. killing them before they get big enough. Yeah. And then, like I said, it acts as a tree cage for those cedar trees. And then you've got that, that thermal cover from the cedars once they reach maturity. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that you can do. But as far as them breaking off, too, another big thing is timing. Because if you do this too close to, like, heavy freezes or if it's just brutally cold out, there's a lot higher likelihood that the trees are going to snap, mm-hmm. even some of the softer trees. Yeah. So when are you looking to, to start, you think? Oh, I'd like the air temperature to be up, uh, I don't know, in the 50s mm-hmm. uh, for several days to try to get these things warmed up because, I mean, as cold as it is now, Yep. Um, I mean, I, we shoot, I, I got that outdoor stove. I've cut a lot of wood mm-hmm. for that thing. Uh, even when it's been warm for, I don't know, three or four days, and I'd have big trees that I was messing with. Like, I think two years ago I had a big tree I was cutting on. Uh, it hadn't been below freezing for three or four days, 
Uh, but the inside of that tree was still cold as ice because mm-hmm. it had been cold for a while. Yep. I mean, it takes these guys a while to warm up. Yep. Um, and when it's cold and dry, that's a bad combination. Just think about taking a twig that's been mm-hmm. out in the freeze and dry and yep. how easy you can snap that thing. I know they'll snap mm-hmm. uh, if, I, if I cut them when they're too cold. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose I don't have any way to know what his inside temperature is. Right. Um, but, uh, but if I take off and, and do a couple and it's just they're still too cold inside, I probably won't. Mm-hmm. I'll probably quit. But I'd like it to be eh, 45 or more, you know, uh, the tree's temperature yeah. before I do this. Right. Uh, but there's no long, there's no telling how long that could take yeah. air temperature to get them there. Yep. It's probably like what you said. You probably have to cut a few and see how they're working mm-hmm. and then go from there. I want to get it done before they, uh, before spring green up, you know. Yeah. And before they start dropping fawns, yep. preferably. Yeah. I, I got to get that done there. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I also want to, I also want to grow in season for, uh, for anything that's on the the forest floor, yep, you know, to try to come up through there as well, mm-hmm. uh, to give it the whole growing season here before deer season, yeah, um, for any any little stuff that's going to come up, get as much as possible that way, yeah, yep, but but definitely, oh, uh, the end of this month or in March, I mean that's I got to try to get it done. Mm-hmm. So, uh, kind of the way you go about doing it, and I think this is probably one of the bigger things that you'll see guys telling people they have to do or kind of a misconception about it is you see all these guys making their hinges really high. And I guess the idea is so the deer can walk under it, but what they don't think about, or maybe they do and they just don't care is having that chainsaw running right by your face. Mm -hmm. Like there's for the potential risk there, there's not a lot of benefit to cutting them six foot off the ground versus three and a half. Yeah. Like you can cut that thing waist chest high and then go to shoving on it instead of trying to work that saw around at your head because anybody that's ever worked with a chainsaw knows sometimes they kick away from you or kick out of that tree or get Mm -hmm. stuck and then you're messing with it next thing you know you cut your nose off with a chainsaw (laughs) yeah that's not really what you're looking for yep when you're just trying to hit cut some trees so to me there's not a lot of benefit to cutting them that high yeah versus risk versus reward just cut the things down there where it's manageable yep and go from there yeah now you don't want to cut them too low either though you don't want to cut them down towards the bottom because that's more weight that's going to be on that hinge to mm-hmm. potentially break it. But you can get three, four feet off the ground pretty safely. Yeah. Mine are all probably going to be about four feet. Mm-hmm. Um, and all my trees, all the ones that I've already made up my mind that I'm going to mess with, uh, they're all, they've got a lean to them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with the lean. I'm not, I'm yeah. not going to try to fight them. Right. They're too big to try to fight. Yep. Um, so I'm just going to let it happen. And then even sometimes if you got a lean in one way, there's still potential they could twist around and come back another way. Mm-hmm. But as long as you're, like, not trying to fight it, like what you're saying. That, yeah. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Let them do what they're going to do, want to do. Yep. Be smart about it. So a lot of these things, um, you can tell the area that I did hinge cut before, uh, they have grown, their biggest branches are now grown into the openings mm-hmm. that I made eight years ago, you know. Um, so it's pulling the trees that way. Um, so like in two spots in particular, I'm going to make a pretty big pile on top of what I had piled, you know, three trees last time and I'll have, I'll add eight or 10 more trees onto it this time. Yeah. Um, making my pile from, you know, three trees in a, in a, I don't know, 15 yard circle to like 10 or 12 trees, uh, out of a 50 yard circle, Mm -hmm. you know? Uh, the way it all looks to me right now. Right. Um, uh, those trees, they just, 
the ones on the edge of the circle, they just all grew in, you know, uh, but they have a definite lean to them because that's where they were getting the most sunlight there. Yep. yep. And that's one thing to look for, like you're, what you're saying, too. If they're leaning a certain way, but all their bigger limbs are on the other side, then it's hard to tell. Mm-hmm. They could because they got a lot of weight on that other side. Mm-hmm. If they're leaning in the same direction, they got a lot of bigger limbs on. You'd be pretty confident that's the way they're going to go. Oh yeah. Which I'm not any professional logger or anything, but that's just from talking to guys that have done it and applying a little bit of logic and common sense to it. Mm-hmm. That goes a long way. Yeah. Yep. And if any of these things don't, uh, uh, if it ends up starts getting a little funny, um, I'm probably going to walk away from it and mm-hmm. I'll go back when after we get a, a nice big wind. Right. Uh, and I'll see what it's done. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's So there's, when you're just cutting down trees, a lot of guys will just ring them, mm-hmm. kind of, so they don't have to worry about which way they're going to fall and be in there when they do. Mm-hmm. But then you end up with a, could end up with a big mess when they yeah. do die. Yeah. And you got to worry about walking through all a bunch of dead trees on your way in and out of the stand and all that. Mm-hmm. So there's benefits and to and pros and cons to both of those, I guess. Yeah. But when you're talking about hinging them, like you said, if things get a little funny, or when you're talking about cutting down trees in general, I guess, if it just ain't worth it. It ain't yeah. worth dropping one on yourself nah. for some bedding cover for deer. Yep. So the biggest thing I would say overall of it is be smart about it. Mm-hmm. Like don't go out there and, and try to cut down an 80-foot tree because you need to open up the canopy right there Yeah. and kill yourself. Yep. You know, do maybe do something different or call somebody who's a professional. Yeah. If you're not, don't watch a, one YouTube video and go out there and think you're Paul Bunyan yep. to cut down this 80 foot oak tree. Yeah. You know, so, uh, as far as when you're going to do it, you try to do it before the spring green up, give yourself a chance to growing season. What trees you're going to do? We're going to go like yours are the biggest ones, probably 20 inches or so. You think? I think so. Um, a lot of them are probably, probably 16, mm-hmm. 15, 16. We're going to try to cut them not at head height so we don't cut our head off with a chainsaw. Mm-hmm. We're going to be smart about that. Uh, the other thing is there's a couple different ways if the tree doesn't just fall by itself because not all of them will. Yeah. I mean, some of them you have to cut all the way, almost all the way through for them to even fall. So if you get to the point where you think they ought to start falling, you can take something with you. Like the hook I was showing you, there's mm-hmm. a product called the Habitat Hook, and I don't know how expensive it is. I like the idea of it. Uh, there's other ways you could do it. If you have any welding ability at all, you could make a pretty easy version of it mm-hmm. with a few pieces of pipe. But essentially, give yourself something you can get up there 10, 12 feet with and push on that tree and go ahead and try to push it the rest of the way down. A loader on a tractor would be perfect for it as well. Just some way you keep in mind that you might need some way to push those trees over the rest of the way to still keep them intact because sometimes they're not going to fall over right away. A lot of times probably depending on the size of the tree, they're not just going to fall right over where you want them to. You might have to push on them from the backside or something. Uh, Give yourself some options there to do that with. And then if they don't go, they don't go. You know, you might have to cut into them a little more, and if you break them, you break them. It's not the worst thing in the world. So keep that in mind also. But do you have any plans for what you might use for that? Uh, Or are you going to take anything with you to push on them or anything? Well... Does your tractor cons- have a loader on it? Yes, and I'd considered that. I also don't want to smash the tractor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <clears throat> so uh, <laughs> if you got a neighbor that's real uh, real willing to let you use his tractor, uh, maybe do that. I don't know. <laughs> he has to worry about his insurance that way. <laughs> Correct. Um, but, yeah, I'd, I'd considered the tractor. Um, and, I mean, it'd for sure work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't want to smash the tractor, so right. I'm not going to do that. Right. Um, 
uh, I've got wedges in a sledge. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll take with me. I mean, of course, I don't want to. I got to have the saw out of my cut. You know, yeah. Um, all of my wedges are metal, um, mainly for splitting, not for pushing. Right. Uh, but anyway, I'll take them. I know a guy. There's a guy at church that is a logger. I thought about saying, "Hey." I'll pay you some money and feed you some food mm-hmm. if you come and make sure that I don't kill myself, you know, yeah. uh, trying to do this. Yeah. But anyway, um, if a guy had a big piece of pipe, you know, you could you could probably do good uh, if you had a big notch on the end of it somehow, you know, uh, where you could get up there. You could weld a – if you had a big enough piece of angle iron, a, a short little piece of it, you could make you an L at the end of it mm-hmm. that would be real similar to that hook I was talking yep. about and give you something you could stick in – that tree in and, mm-hmm. and shovel on. Yep. Like, uh, uh, if there was, at any point, if there was a limb on on the side that you was cutting on and you could get a pipe up there and you mm-hmm. could get you a block and a little hydraulic jack, you know, and a, a piece of stiff pipe or something up there yep. and jack on it, um, like, I think that would have to be the most effective way of getting it pushed, you yeah. know. Um, and you could run away and you could let it, you know, do what it's going to do. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't care about the pipe or the jack. Uh, but anyway, um, I'd considered that, but I don't think that I've got any limbs, you know, but below like 30 foot on a lot of mm-hmm. these trees. Yeah. Um, Which is another thing that I just, you reminded me of when you said the limbs up there, look up before you start cutting on the trees, make sure you're not standing in under any big dead limbs. Yeah. Because that kills a lot of people too. I've got a great story for another day. Okay. Uh, when we hinge cut the first time. Okay. Yeah. It'll be another day, though. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. You got anything else as far as uh, how you're going to do it that we ain't covered? Nah. Um, uh, first, uh, the biggest tree, uh, the old Indian guy told me to use the biggest tree as a base. Um, uh, the biggest tree in the area, cut it first, and then see what you can do with all the others. Mm-hmm. Uh try to get all the others to fall on top of it. Makes sense. Um, is what he told me. Uh, that was his advice. Um, but anyway, we'll see how it goes. I, uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have a lot of hope for all these things hinging good because they are hardwoods. Right. You know, um, and, or living, you know, even if they hinge good, they might not live cause they're hardwood. I mean, I, the trees that I'm going to do this to ain't the ideal trees to hinge cut. Mm-hmm. But uh, going back to the goal, open the canopy. I want the canopy open. I want it to be thicker in there. Yep. Um, no matter what, I need to get these trees down uh, to get the canopy or to get the the canopy open over there yep. to get the ground thicker. So if they do do it right and they do end up living, that's just an added bonus, really. Yes, I think so. If I end up with uh, with leaves um, on the, in these tree tops at ground level, you know, uh, which is the goal mm-hmm. of inch. If that happens, that's great. But if it doesn't, I'm going to have other stuff growing up in the middle mm-hmm. of them, you know, and it'll it'll be what it'll be. Yep. Um, but uh, it doesn't I, have to be perfect for social no, media. <laughs> no, and I cannot think of anything else that I could reasonably do uh, other than logging this and yeah. these trees that I'm going to be cutting ain't worth no money. Right. The trees that's worth money is on the other end of the woods, and I'm hunting them and using the acorns. Exactly. You know. Right. Uh, so if I get a logger back in there, he's going to be, hey, I want over here. Yeah. Nah. And for what you're doing, you want that open anyway. Correct. Yeah. yeah. I can't I can't let that east end be open. I want it to be just like it is. The west end on these little ridges is where I where I need this to be. Mm-hmm. For where I want the deer to bed and where I think they're, and it should be the preferable, preferable bedding for them is over there. Right. You know, the, the terrain and everything. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I think you got a good plan and a good start on it. We'll try to keep 
updated on how this is going when mm-hmm. you do start on it and all that. And we'll talk about it afterwards. We can video it. It might be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be entertaining. Or we, or might, we could might just film d- a death. I was going <laughs> to say, or we might just end up with one of those snuff videos. Yeah. But we'll keep you guys updated on how that goes. Either way, we could be social media famous. We definitely could. That would go viral. Yeah. So we'll do that. And if we do get some good video, I'll put it up on the YouTube page. We'll kind of talk about it there, too. If we can get it get together and do that, we'll shoot some video. We'll talk mm-hmm. about some stuff we talked about today, why and how. Mm-hmm. And then how it goes, and we'll talk about it after. So that's pretty much all we got for this Friday. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, I don't want to forget our partner for the Full Draw Friday episodes is Rodney Hawkins. If you're looking for your own piece of ground to manage and hunt, maybe to do your own hinge cutting on, Rodney's the guy to talk to. He grew up hunting and fishing in Southern Illinois, and now he's putting that love for the outdoors into selling recreational properties as a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. Midwest Farm and Land is not your average real estate company. They sold over $85 million worth of ground in 2022. With agents like Rodney all over Illinois, they're really a local company with a national reach. For more info on them or any ground that might be available, any properties you might be looking at, uh, or just to give them an idea of what you're looking for, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of. He's also recently started his own company called RG Outdoors. They currently carry hard and soft-sided blinds and blind chairs, all from Radix Blinds. In addition to an all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust, which you can check out at camodust.com. Don't really have any experience with that, so if you want any info on it, go check out that website. As for the blinds, Nate actually spent a lot of time in one of the soft-sided blinds this season and was more than happy with how it worked out for him. Uh, The time I went and hunted with you in it, I was, I mean, the way it worked out and everything, the deer didn't seem to mind it at all. Mm -mm. Kept us... Which was my biggest concern. Right. Kept us relatively warm up there. It's got some good thermal protection. Uh, I'm sure the hard-sided blinds are the same way. So if you're interested in anything that they have, you can send a message to them on their Facebook page, RG Outdoors. Email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com. Or again, you can call Rodney at 618-925-3153. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll catch you next Friday.